Well, you know the deal. It is Monday night. It is Toronto. I am Chris Schreier, and this is the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. That's how all those pieces fit together in the end, at the end of the day. Not quite the end of the day yet, is it? No, no, because here we are to drink some beer, talk some beer, maybe talk some rugby. Mostly drink beer. And that's what we are going to do just after I introduce you to my buddy Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Check out this track. It's a banger. get my dolphin-shaped bottle opener ready. The bottle opener's in the tail. It's really cute. I gotta be honest with you, it's actually not the most effective bottle opener. I usually end up having to fiddle with it a little bit, but for tonight, it's gonna do the trick. What are we doing the trick with tonight? We are doing the trick tonight with this. Oh, it's back, baby. This is Bordelac from Amsterdam Brewery. This is a Saison. Yes, I have done this on the show, I'm pretty sure, before. And you know what? Don't care. It's delicious. We got some people with us already. Aries here. We got Jordan over there. Oh, yeah, Jordan's excited about this. I am, too. Well, I won't keep any of you waiting. Let's just get in here. Let's see how fiddly this Dolfino bottle opener is. Oh, not bad. Not bad tonight. Not bad tonight. We're all right. We're all right. There's something about the shape of the tail and trying to get... Anyway, it, I don't need to bore you with the details. It worked just fine and dandy. This beer did not surge all over me. I wasn't even mentally prepared for it, and I should have been. Get the pour for the kids at home. Let me face the bottle and everything. If we're going to do things, we're going to do them right. Pouring this into a tulip glass because it's fancy pants beer. And I'm not wearing fancy pants. The question is, am I wearing pants at all? There's really no way of knowing. I know, but you don't. I'm wearing pants if it's making you feel uncomfortable. I know that sometimes I don't wear a shirt when it's really hot. It's not that hot, and I am wearing pants. Uh, By the way, quick uh, bit of business we have to deal with first. There's still, like, construction happening on my street, and until minutes ago, there was a bobcat driving around out there. If they fire that thing back up, there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry, it's just going to be noisy. Uh, I will talk over it. Also, my daughter's in the other room, and she's making quite a cacophony, too. So, between the two of them, this is hardly a professional uh, arrangement. But, it's what we got, kids. It's what we got. And we got this glass here of Bord de Lac. If you're looking at... The video you are seeing a well it looks kind of dark in this light hang on try that that kind of burns out my face a little yeah we'll go with that uh jordan says 9 srm maybe i would have gone like 10 11 but we're really just splitting hairs here uh hazy it's hazy it's it's not chunky It's not like a New England IPA, but you definitely can't read through that. It is, if you don't know the SRM scale, I would call this uh, like a medium yellow tending to a touch of orange in the middle. The key here, kids, look at that head. That is bordering on meringue in density. Oh, 
they know what they're doing up there in Amsterdam. To Pueblo Sunset. I don't know if you're supposed to say it to Pueblo or not, but that's how I'm saying it. Yeah, we could call it that. Burnt Sienna, maybe. I'm never sure what color burnt sienna is. Could be this. When I was a kid, I knew that puce was a color. I did not know what it was. And I am still of a kid in that sense. I couldn't tell you. This might be puce. I think puce is sort of a burgundy brown color, though. I guess I could look it up. But you know what? I'd rather drink this beer. As I say, have I had this before? Yeah, many times. Do I feel any regrets about that? Not a one. Ha ha ha. This is another one of those ones, guys. It's hard not to just click end and sit and enjoy this on my own, but that would defeat the purpose of this whole endeavor. I mean, so straight out of the gate, what you're getting, it smells like a Saison. It smells very specifically like a French Saison. I know that a lot of people might think that I'm being really pretentious and differentiating between a, say, a French Saison and a Dutch Saison and a, and a Belgian Saison. Most of them are Belgian. This one's French. Which is to say, I'm almost positive this is made with French uh, Saison yeast. And if I want to get really specific, it's probably 3711, my beloved Saison yeast from my homebrewing days. I say this because I know that it's yeast they've used in the past in Amsterdam, and also I know how it smells, and how it smells is like this. What's like this, you ask? Estery? You get some lemon, uh, which is probably actually coming from the yeast. It's This is not going to have been hopped with, like a lemon presenting hop. This has almost certainly been hopped with a noble hop. And again, knowing the brewer Ian, if it's not at least partially Styrian Golding, I would be very surprised. There is probably some French hops in there. Uh, like, um, I don't know. What are some French hops? Strissels. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Jordan thinks there's Strissel spalt in there. Could be. I get a spicy note that I always associate with Styrian Golding, but not sure. Anyway, the point is, it's not like there's Eldorado in this. This lemony scent is getting driven predominantly, <clears throat> pardon me, predominantly from the yeast. Also, with that, so there's this citrusy juiciness, but it also almost touches on citric acid, which always makes me think sweet tarts, the candy. Other beautiful side of this is uh, you definitely get um, a nice doughy bread uh, malt profile, but also I think rye. We're going to see when I taste it. It's got something else in there, and I think it's rye. Oh, yeah. Mm. So bright, so refreshing, but so dry. Bone friggin dry that's another reason why you know that there's 3711 in it that yeast will eat anything it will kill and eat you and your family if it could thankfully it can't mm. Mm. did i mention mention the effervescence it's exploding in my mouth it's like cocaine bear I should have just set up and had Jordan as a guest. This would have been hilarious. Um, okay, so let me get a little bit more specific. Take a sip. Ooh, it's a nice beer. Very bright and refreshing. 
Mm. Right off the top, you get this big mix of citric acid and lemon with uh, um, spicy notes, spice cabinet notes, probably a little peppery. Not even clovey necessarily. I don't think. But that sort of spice cupboard, the aroma of opening a spice cupboard, you get a bit of that. As the, the what we call the mid palate, as the beer is crossing across your tongue, uh, you're made abundantly aware of the mouthfeel, which, as I say, very effervescent and bubbly, but also there's a real nice creaminess to the body. Lending further to my theory that there's something other than malted barley in here, and it could well be rye. That would also lend to the spiciness somewhat. There could also be wheat in here, and again, that lemoniness... Certainly some wheat would help support that. Um, so that could be in there, too. I haven't read the bottle since the last time I had it, which was at least a year or two ago. I haven't read it today. I'm not sure if this uh, information is going to be conveyed to us or not, but I'm hoping I get to find out. Uh, as it finishes, like I say, bone dry, bone dry, and actually with some hoppy bitterness there. Um which makes sense. It should. It's not hoppy bitterness like an IPA, but there is a nice, snappy, hoppy, dry finish. And the fact that the beer has left nothing in terms of residual sugar. You do get left with a little bit of a lemony uh, aroma on your palate, too. Mmm. There's an earthy quality to the hop, which, again goes to the noble hop variety might even be whole cone which you even get a little bit more of that um not too green leafy on the hops which sometimes you can get it's a little like tea like almost this one uh i'm not hitting that necessarily oh i just got notification that my grain spawn bag to grow psilocybins is coming tomorrow that makes me happy i'm a little scattered today by the way guys i'm all over the map I'm only in one spot with this beer, and it's heaven. So delightful. Yeast character, by the way, uh, very prevalent at the beginning with those spices. There is a little bit of the yeasty esters on the finish, too. Some of those spices show through. Which, again, yeast, probably, and hops. Probably both. Hard to separate those two out. Uh, delicious. Uh, if you like delicious things, you'll like this beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, especially if you're into saisons and especially if mainly your saison experience has been like what I would call new world saisons, which I'm using not in the context of like, so to be clear, uh, Scarment, who are, you know, um, absolute royalty in the craft brewing scene, uh, not just here in this province, but in this country and to a great extent in the U.S. as well. Uh, they have two Saison blends. One is their Old World Saison blend, and uh, the other is their New World Saison blend. Now, I'm not saying New World Saison meaning specifically made with that yeast, although certainly that yeast is a great example of a yeast you could use to make it. New World Saisons almost always are funky. They almost always have at least a bit of like Brett Brooks in them um, or, or another Brett strain, which is to say you end up getting um, some of those, well, Brett notes, which uh, can be barnyardy, dank, getting into like horse sweat, which I know is a phrase that people like to ascribe to it. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time with sweaty horses, so couldn't say one way or the other, but I understand that sort of barnyardy 
barn kind of aroma. Um, Brooks, I think, is the one you can also um, get some real sour cherries off of. Uh, but the point is, you're getting what, you know, the cool kids talk about the funk. This as an old world French saison is made not with any of that. This is just I'm pretty sure it's it's just a straight French saison yeast. And so you don't get any of those that extra layer of complexity. And I am here for that. I do love that. Like, give me a Farmageddon from Bellwoods. I think that's fantastic. But sometimes I just want a straight saison. And this one does it now. A lot of the uh, European saisons that you get exposed to at, uh, say, the LCBO uh, tend to be Belgian, which is fine. They make amazing saisons. They're delightful. But as I say, this is more of the French style. Now, the Venn diagrams of French and Belgian saison are almost a perfect circle, uh, but there are wings to them. And uh, this really does show, especially that yeast characteristic, a real nice bit of French saison yeast. Mmm. Mm -mm -mm. And I do like it. Oh, do I like it? Thinking more about those grains. That density could be a mix of wheat and rye. Could be. There could be some oat in there. I don't think there is, but it, it wouldn't be out of the... It certainly wouldn't be unusual stylistically. Um, I also want to know more about that color. Because as Jordan and I noted, this is obviously not... Um, not straight barley. There's something slightly darker in it. So I'm thinking, and the haze again, that's going to be, that could be the rye, could be wheat, could be oats. Jordan's asking, is it like Blages as opposed to Dupont? And Kara Munich, um, okay, let's deal with the first question first. Um, I can't remember the last time I had that first beer. So I got to go with, I'm not sure. The reason why I'm going with it as French is because when I got into making saisons, I would use 3711, which was very specifically a French saison yeast. And sometimes I would do split batches, one with 3711 and one with DuPont yeast. And they were notably different, tending on the French side to be more like this. Um, so that's why I'm ascribing it to be that in terms of the color, because there is something slightly darker. So could be just the rye that rye sometimes will add a couple of points on the SRM, depending on how much you use. I don't think they would have used that much. Um, so I have to assume something darker, Kara Munich possibly, um, or, I mean, actually, it probably is. It's probably Kara Munich. Or it could actually just be Munich, not Kara Munich. Um, that would be well within Ian's wheelhouse uh, to oversee in terms of uh, production. And we're going to find out when I look at the bottle in a minute, I hope. Mm -mm -mm. Man, is it good, though. And good value. I think it was six fifty for a bomber. Really nice. Okay, we're going to take a look at ye old label. Nope, doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> Defined by its drinkability and nuanced complexity, Bord de Lac is built around noble hop character. Okay, so we can... Noble hop character. Strissel, for sure, uh, is noble. Uh, as is Styrian Golding. Um, so it could be either or both of those, but we don't know. Uh, this is our interpretation of what we hope for in a classic Franco-Belgian saison. Drink fresh or age 
up to one year. By the way, age longer if you want. Just make sure you're being safe while you do it. Keep it cold. Keep it in a nice box. It is 7.3% alcohol. Another indicator of that French Saison yeast, which will literally convert your toenails into alcohol if you give it the opportunity. I don't know how. But that yeast is a monster. I made Saisons with that yeast. Now, uh, I got to give it to you in gravity because my um, hydrometer, which is what we use to measure the... Uh, the gravity of the liquid, which is basically a shorthand way of trying to figure out what the alcohol content is, but also to see how far along the fermentation has gone. Basically, the more sugar there is in suspension in the liquid, the higher the gravity. It's it's heavier, basically. And as the alcohol or as the alcohol, as um, as the yeast is consuming the sugar in the liquid and converting it into alcohol and carbon dioxide, the carbon dioxide obviously comes out. Um, Oh, hey, what's up, Jess? Um, and the alcohol stays in. Alcohol is lighter than water, uh, so the gravity comes down, 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 down. A one on the gravity scale is theoretically uh, uh, distilled water at sea level. Uh, so at one, it's the same density as as water. Most of the time when you make a beer, your gravity, you know, you might start and it's like we would say 1048, let's say, which is 1.048. OK. Uh, maybe 1056 like the, that. That's going to get you a beer that's going to clock in in the fives, depending on what yeast you use to make it. Uh, this one clocking in quite a bit heavier at uh, what did we say it was? Seven point eight, seven point three. So this one's starting gravity for one they would have measured it in play-doh uh it probably would have been like 15 or 16 play-doh which is probably in the 1060 range but then the saison yeast has eaten all of the sugar i had made beers is the point i was making using this yeast assuming i'm right about the yeast which i think i am that their finishing gravity was below one so they were clocking in at like 0.998, 0.997. They, because of the fact that there was alcohol in it and there was literally no sugar, the beer was lighter in gravity than distilled water at sea level. It's a pretty aggressive yeast. The other really cool thing about it, if you're a home brewer or, or if you're considering becoming one, not only is it a heat tolerant strain of yeast, but it's actually a heat. I like it strain of yeast. Uh, the hotter you from Let me try that again. The hotter you ferment it within reason, the more of that yeast profile you get more of the esters from the, the byproducts of the uh, of the yeast. I just said the same thing twice, two different ways. I'm so tired right now. Um, the hotter, the better. I would ferment the carboys at the foot of my bed on the second floor of our house that didn't have air conditioning, where the ambient temperature in the summer could be over 30 degrees Celsius, like 32, 33, totally normal. And the beer loved it. And people loved the beer that came out of it. It really likes heat. It's not quite like a, uh, like a quite yeast where you can like push into the forties, but like, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. You can ferment this stuff anywhere. It's fantastic. Uh, the cooler you do it, the less uh, uh, yeast uh, profile you get, funny enough. So, 
What was I saying? Oh, that I still don't know anything about this beer. I do know who does. I would have to use the Instagram machine to text him, though. Um, Bored do lack. Yeah. Bored do lack. By the way, Bored lack, curious, means edge of the lake or the lake shore, which is actually a very appropriate beer for me. I live right by the Bored du lac, Ontario. Um, I don't think they're going to tell me anything here. Nope. They told me the exact same thing that was on the side of the label Canadian Beer News. Probably just the same thing. Yeah, no, straight. Straight copy and paste to the news release, which is fine. That's what they do. I'm not judging. Nope. Nope. Nope, I'm going to have to ask after the fact, but Ian will let me know. I'm curious. Anyway, this beer is delicious. It's a fantastic French Saison. I'm so glad it comes in such a big bottle. I'm going to drink this all night and love it. And you should, too. It is available right now, at least at a Sander, which is where I got it. Probably available to purchase at the Barrel House and the Brew uh, House. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Uh, Queen's Key. They probably have it available in bottles at Queen's Key as well. And I know that it has been at the LCBO in the past. I don't know if it currently is. But if it is, you should pick it up. No matter what, you should pick it up. If you like delicious things, pick up this beer. What's Jordan said here? Whatever's in there, the cool thing about it is that it changes over time. That is a very good point. Like I said, should have just had a co-host tonight. Buy a six-pack. I think they come in four-packs, Jordan. But if you buy six, that's fine too. Buy a couple and keep them. And if you're a real, real smart junior ranger, which is a phrase Jordan likes to use. So, OK, you're going to buy six of these. OK, at least the minimum here is six is what you're going to buy. And they probably have date codes on them, but the date codes might not be the most obvious because they're typically printed on brown glass and a little hard to see. I don't know if you can hear the difficulty I'm having trying to find it. Maybe on the label. Uh, well, okay, so the point is I don't see the date code, but I know they have them. Amsterdam is nothing if not um, thorough. So there's a date code on there somewhere. But as I just demonstrated, don't trust it. Uh, the best thing you could have, actually, in this case, is a, a wax pencil. This is not a thing that most people have. But if you happen to have a wax pencil, you're laughing. If not, just throw a piece of masking tape on the label and write the year. OK, so like if I bought six of these, I would write 2023. Done. If you want to get fancy and use a label maker, use a label maker. That'd be that'd be great. I mean, very professional of you, but uh, you do what you need. Anyway, put the year on the bottle. OK, drink one right now, maybe two. Probably not at the same time. That's a lot of beer. That would be like uh, uh, 1.3 liters of a 7.3% beer. That's a lot. Stick with one, you know? Put the rest in your icebox. Or if you've got a cold room in your house, whatever. Store it safely, okay? They're capped, not corked. So keep them upright. 
not on their side. I mean, you can lay them on their side, but you absolutely don't have to. And it's, it is technically better in this context to keep them upright. You have a smaller amount of surface area for uh, oxygen exchange. Again, Amsterdam, very good at what they do. A very modern, high-tech brewery. But there is going to be some dissolved oxygen in there, and you will get some level of oxidization. And it will be reduced if the surface area for contact is just the neck of the bottle. So don't turn it sideways. Thank you. Next. Wait. And then next year, when Board de Lot comes out, buy six and put a piece of tape on with the year. It'll be 2024. And drink one. And then drink one of last year's. Have them in two glasses at the same time and compare. Here's what's maybe going to happen. The yeast profile will probably be roughly the same. Roughly. The hop aromatics, which are going to be those spicy notes and uh, maybe a bit of that earthiness, is probably going to drop a little. Also, as discussed, there's probably a little dissolved oxygen in there, so you will have a little bit of oxidization, which hopefully is just going to show up as just a hint of sherry. Maybe. Or maybe not at all. But maybe. But with the Saison, all bets are off. You could get a little bit more fermentation going on in there, and you might actually end up getting a stronger yeast profile. The hops might drop, but that might allow some of the spices from the grains to come out, and all of a sudden it's a whole new beer. And the only way you'll know is if you have a new one and an old one, and then you compare. But you remember you bought six, and from this year, you're maybe down three, so you still have three more, and it's 2024. This is future Chris talking to you from the future. I'm here from my, in my DeLorean. You still have three more years, so you're going to do 2025. 2026, 2027. In 2027, you'll probably be able to do a flight of four different age expressions and compare all four. What a joy. What a treat. Why, did, why am I going to give you my boots and my motorcycle, drone? I don't get that one. That might be a cultural reference I don't understand because I'm an old man. Anyway, a fantastic opportunity to do a vertical tasting is what we call that when you're comparing year over year over year. Another good beer, also from our friends in Amsterdam. Nope, not that one. There it is. Double Tempest. This is not the only bottle of Double Tempest I have in my fridge. You know why? Because it's good for doing vertical tastings. I got another one. This one isn't good for doing vertical tastings because they haven't made it that often. But if you find me a more modern bottle of Grand Reserve 17 from Unibrew, this one was made in 2011. This is 12 years old. And I have two of them. Anyone want to party? I don't know why this became my showing off things that I have lying around the house that I haven't drank yet, but I got one more. Do you want to see it? I know you do. This one, by the way, I'll never drink. I don't think. I think I might die if I do.
This is Dirtbag McQuag Malt Liquor from Great Lakes Brewery. You can even see in the video all the floaties. That's disturbing. There's a huge yeast sediment here. Not okay. You do not want to drink this. This is like poison. But it does say it's malt liquor for fine gentlemen, and I do find myself a fine gentleman, so. Anyway, all that's to say, that was a little lesson in vertical tasting and why Bord de Lac, especially at the price point, $6.50 a bottle, really does give you the opportunity to uh, uh, stockpile some of these, so I would invite you to do so. Another sip. Mmm. We haven't talked about food, but you know what you're going to eat with this. You're going to eat friggin' mussels like a normal person. Be amazing. You know what else? Actually, okay. Sit down and strap in, kids. Don't strap on. I mean, strap on if you want to, but not with me right now. Strap on later with a consenting person who loves you. Uh, or at least tolerates you. Um, it's great that my wife just joined. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Food. Food, right. Muscles will be great, but probably better than muscles with this. Hang on, kids. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're not exactly the same, but I'm going to use them interchangeably here because one of them is much more accessible than the other. What I really want you to have with this is Spatzel, okay? Tiny German potato dumplings. What they're like is gnocchi, okay? A lot of people know what gnocchi is, right? Gnocchi is like potato pasta, little balls, little tubes, sort of. Very popular. I think they're from northern Italy. It's unlikely you're going to find Spatzel ready-made, it's something you can make. It's not necessarily the easiest, but in life, sometimes the things that take a lot of effort are the best. So maybe you should go ahead and learn how to make some spatzel. It's also fun to say spatzel. Or you can have gnocchi. Gnocchi you can buy pre-made, should you? I guess if you want to make Italian grandmothers cry. It's not that difficult to make, it's just labor intensive. I'm going to give you a hot tip and I'm going to tell you guys, this is the sort of information. This is bordering on a magician telling you how to do a trick. Okay. But my claim to fame here is that I am not as far as I know, remotely Italian. So I'm not betraying a Nona somewhere who is going to cry because I gave away the secret. If you make gnocchi, don't boil your potatoes to cook them. Roast them. Bake them in the oven. Bake the potatoes. Take them out. Let them cool a bit. Split them in half. Scoop out the potato and use that to make the gnocchi. If you want your gnocchi to taste like someone's known as gnocchi, there's a lot of weird consonant things going on with these words. It's tricky. If you want your gnocchi to taste like a Nona's gnocchi, <laughs> roast your potatoes. Don't boil them. Anyway, what are we having with this? Spatzel, ideally, or gnocchi. If you have spatzel, it's often uh, pan fried. Oh, gosh. 
Oh, rugby nights. I always think it's going to be a really good idea to wait and have my dinner after we walk the dog, because when we walk the dog, I tend to smoke a joint and that makes dinner just and like I have to come right home and do the podcast. And it's just a question of whether or not I'm going to eat before the dog walk or after. And at that point, I can just eat after. But I am hungry and just thinking about spatzel in some nice brown butter with some sage and. Hmm. A little fresh rosemary. It's funny you just said tarragon because I was going to go with tarragon instead of rosemary. Tarragon, you're going to get more anise qualities. Oh. Mm. Rosemary, you're getting a little bit more into the um, resinous, uh, evergreeny qualities. You can go either way. I probably wouldn't do both, but you might get away with it. Okay, but you're going to have spatzel, fried brown butter, garlic. Absolutely. Shallots. What are where are we somewhere that you don't have access to shallots? You're putting shallots in there. Sage and Jordan says tarragon. I was right there with them. I was going to hold the tarragon for the gnocchi. I'm going to go sage and rosemary. Nice grate of black pepper. Nice grate of black pepper. Now, spatzel is normally served with something, but you can eat it just like that. And with this beer, holy hell. Your world will be on fire in a good way, not in a wildfire way. Thoughts and prayers if you're living with that right now. It was smoky yesterday. You don't have spatzel? You don't want to make spatzel? That's fine. Gnocchi will work. If you do gnocchi, tarragon cream sauce is what I'm talking about. Uh, exactly that. Um, funny because gnocchi is an Italian, again, northern Italian um, food. But uh, tarragon, I mean, tarragon grows widely, but tarragon is a massive French ingredient. So, oh, and by the way, either way, bay. You need bay in both of those. Okay, you don't eat the bay, but it goes in while you're cooking. You need the bay. Not the old bay. I love old bay. Don't put old bay in this, though. Not the right thing at all. Bay leaves. Bay laurel. It's often referred to. You need that, too. Shallots also in the tarragon cream sauce. Stop screwing around with onions. Onions have their, their place. They're important. Stop screwing around with them. Put shallots in. It's driving on. We're going to leave that. Uh, <laughs> that's what you're eating with this. Oh, you're going to eat the shit out of that. <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. Anyway, what do we got going on? Um, hey, Toronto's Festival of Beer brought to you by the beer stores coming up. You know how I know? Because I got a lot of emails about it. Am I going? Probably not. Uh, I have nothing against Toronto Festival of Beer presented by the beer store. Nothing at all. Uh, it does exactly what it says on the can. If at this point in your life, you're going for the first time and figuring out what it's like, it's exactly like what you think it's going to be like. There's going to be a lot of dudes getting pretty drunk. Uh, there are, it, it's, it's not a sausage fest. There's actually a fairly decent representation of uh, both genders, all genders, really. Uh, but there will be a lot of dudes being really loud and getting drunk, and that sort of thing happens. There are massive 
customer experience zones. If you're a brewery that uses phrases like customer experience zones, you're probably not in my wheelhouse, but you're in a lot of people's wheelhouses. That's why you have the customer experience zone. And if you are a customer who wants to get experience in that zone, which sounds really questionable, go ahead and experience that zone. There is always a really good craft beer uh, uh, representation there. And if you think about it, the, the market for this beer is not people who listen to this podcast. Don't let that stop you. It's it's a fun time. It's actually in the grand scale of beer festivals. It's not bad value uh, from the point of view of the customer. There's tons of great food. It's it's a fun day. It's fun. Just don't go in expecting cask days. It's a completely different event. Uh, so that's coming up. <laughs> Is there other stuff? Probably. I always like to say Google exists. I don't go out much, so I don't pay that much attention. You know how it is. I would be remiss not to point out that we do have rugby on this weekend, Bommy Beach Club. We are playing all five games at Tubbs and G Gage. That means senior women, 1030 kickoff. TRU twos. That's the team that I sometimes play for. I might even see some game time this weekend, friends. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Uh, Kicking off at noon. Uh, TRU 1s, 1.30. I'm just doing the math here. ORU 2s at 3, and ORU uh, 1s at 4.30. That's the banger game. Either the women first thing or the ORU 1s at the end. We bookend the best parts of the day, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I believe there will be some... Uh, grown-up beverages available. Uh, there, I think, might also be a food truck coming out again. I'm not sure about that one. But guess what? You can use, like, Skip the Dishes or Uber Eats, and they deliver to the field. I say this having done it. It works every time. Uh, come out and watch some rugby. It's going to be fun. There's nothing super specific going on. It's just going to be a good weekend of rugby. And I don't have any mini rugby this weekend, so I am unencumbered. I can just go and rugby. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, That's what's happening in my life right now. What else? Nothing, 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 nothing. Okay, homework, kids. Make some spatzel. It's not that hard. You will be surprised to learn that you might find yourself using a cheese grater. I don't want to spoil the surprise, but you might find yourself using a cheese grater. A cheese grater that you will then spend a not insignificant amount of time cleaning, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Spatzel. Ooh. Now I want to go make some spatzel. I'm going to have a salmon burger for dinner. It's also going to be delicious. With this beer, this beer will work great with a salmon burger. I never explained why that food was going to work great. You have to believe me on this. It's going to work great. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to work great with a salmon burger because Erica made a delicious dill yogurt mayonnaise dressing to go on the burgers. I have got a difficult relationship with dill. I love it. I love what they're doing with the pickles. I love that. I'm okay with what they're doing with the chips. Uh, after that, 
it gets a little touch and go and I've got some bad history, but that dressing in that fridge on that salmon burger is going to be lights out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm going to have it with this beer and I'm going to be a very happy camper. You should be too. You know why? Because this week's going to be beautiful. Patio weather, full effect. Cafe T.O., sore spot if you're Volo, and I'm sorry, I hope you figure that out. But everybody else, get out there. Sit on the patio. I was on a patio Saturday night. I kept getting in trouble because I kept standing up with my beer, and that's not allowed. It's like, what is this, prohibition? Anyway, get out there. Get into a patio. Support a local beer, brewery? A, a local brewery. That's where we're at now, kids. Oh, Jordan says they did. They sorted it out. Great. Volo's got their Cafe T.O. back, as they should. As they should. And you should go sit on it and drink delicious beers and especially at Volo, get some delicious food. Holy moly. And uh, buy Board de Lac from Amsterdam Brewery. Available, I'm pretty sure, everywhere at this point. Amsterdam, I think, is still doing delivery, too. Has anyone stopped doing delivery? That's the question. I sure hope not. Man, getting beer delivered to your house is just the best. It's just the best. Hmm. You remember the glory days of COVID when people were really not allowed out and it was all like uh, clandestine person would come to the door and do like a secret knock or something and you would tip your hat to them and they'd look you up and down and go, you look old enough. And they'd leave it on your porch and then you'd go out and pick it up and get totally plastered at 11 in the morning because what else did you have to do with your life? Those were the days. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank my unofficial co-host on uh, YouTube, Jordan St. John. I understand, Jordan, you've uh, maybe mothballed the, the podcast. Do you want to come on here sometime, man? We could we could do this. We could do this together. I'm fine. I, I, I don't mind sharing. I don't. Um, anyway, we'll figure it out. That'd be great, right? Me and Jordan chatting beers. Who wouldn't love that? It's my favorite thing, just sitting down talking beers with people. The only problem is I'm lousy at scheduling, and I only think of it when I sit down at the computer and go, oh, yeah, I didn't really bother to do that again for the probably 114th time. Anyway, that's what we got going on. Hey, I'm going to leave. Uh, before I go, remember, check out Rob Curry. This song, you like this song? Do you like surf rock? You should like surf rock. Do you have ears and like things that sound good? Yeah. You should get into this. Check out the record. Link will be in the description. Funny enough called Link Ray Gun. Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers this past weekend played the Tall Pines Festival in Gravenhurst. Pretty legit, guys. Serena Ryder. Yeah, she was there. Blue Rodeo. Yeah, they were there. Tokyo Police Club might have been, too, now that I say it. I'm not sure who else was there. But Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers played on Saturday, I think. They're legit. Get this EP. Link is in Bandcamp. I don't know why I have to keep telling you this. Just go and buy it. You're going to like it. It's great vibe music. So good. Lo-fi, sci-fi, surf rock. What else do you want with your life? Anyway, I uh, don't need to add, end on such an angry note. It's a great song. We love it. Best theme ever. Way better than the one I made. Get some board to lock. Support a local brewery, whatever that means. Get on a cafe, tio, patio, patio. I think I'm starting to talk like I'm from the UP. Get to the patio. No, that sounded like bad Irish. I don't know what that is. 
I gotta go, guys. I'm falling apart here. I'm falling apart. It's been a long one. I'm thankful that you're still here, if you are, which you are because you're hearing this, and if you're not, if a tree falls in the forest, blah, 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 blah. Have a great week. Take care of each other. Be safe out there. I will be back next week. Oh, I'm assuming Jordan says sounds good to me, baby. So maybe with Jordan St. John, we'll have to figure out the technology, but I would love that. We'll figure it out. You have a great night. I'll talk at you in seven days. Seven days? Yeah. Yeah, because it's the weekend after is Canada Day. Probably won't talk to you on Canada Day. Probably will be consuming chemicals and staring at fireworks. So we don't need to get into that. Next week, I'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Take care of each other. Bye.